This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast. Now in our fifth season, looking into the exciting happenings of Ipswich Town Football Club, I am Richard Woodward and you are tuned in to the flagship show, available every week on video and audio for a sometimes irreverent but always informative hour or we may not drag it out or less of football conversation this week. Um, make your Monday a Blue Monday. Um, joining me tonight, um, being sniped from... The roof above Devonham's Craig Fimbo. We'll explain that to people who are listening to the podcast. Craig, how are you? I'm, hey, I'm good, thank you. Yeah, that'll make perfect sense to people who are listening, that won't it? Yeah. Uh, Joe Fairs, Joe, how are you? Yeah, loving life. Loving life, resplendent in your England. Is that an England one day kit that you got there? Yeah, or 2020 the, kit? The 2019 World Cup kit. It's been bargain hunting, is it? They had time between a meeting in Clacton and Stansted and went to the glorious Clacton Common and picked up a JD oh. outlet. Most, yeah. most stuff in there is shirts, which are things like Brother 84, Nan 50, and stuff like that on the back of Celtic shirts that they're trying to sell, like random personalised shirts, but this was in there, so it was a touch. We won't ask you what the name is on the back of that one. Um Craig, let's let's Randy sixty nine. <laughs> yeah, <here> we go. <laughs> I was going to say something from the Inbetweeners film, but I'm going to keep it family friendly. Um, Craig, you have um, yeah, you have an LED light shining from your headset, don't you? Which is what we were what I was referring to at the start. Yeah, yeah, Bluetooth Bluetooth issues. I blame the uh, the Nordic god for uh, for Bluetooth. I blame our high expectations of your headsets. It's it's definitely yeah. our fault. Hashtag expectations. But we can hear you loud and clear. Um, so um. Uh, not a huge amount of news to cover. We had a midweek show. Um, you guys were both at Fleetwood, weren't you? Um, yes. I, I decided against spending 10 quid to watch that. I knew what was coming. Um, but plenty to talk about um, Coventry City-wise. I, I've, as expected, probably, um, well, for people who are watching on YouTube, probably surprised that I'm not wearing a Coventry City shirt, given the abuse that I get 
um, from the pod team on here, but no commentary shirt though. The two-tone kit, I do I have made a purchase of the two-tone kit. I have to come clean before someone else that, asks that, me. That will really, that will really help the um, Rich as a Coventry fan yeah. band. Well, do you know what? I'm happy to glory hunt Coventry City at the moment, frankly. Um, but we'll talk more about that later on in Coventry in the match um, on Saturday. Let's start with some news. Um, I guess we're looking for silver linings um, and um, light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to our injury situation. Um, again, more on injuries in a, in a minute as well. But Danny Rowe, um, back in training, Joe, Kane, Vincent Young, we also hear is getting um, closer to first-team action. Um, you you um, spotted Kane Vincent Young's re- rehab in action, didn't you, this week? Well, I was, at, I was at the gym on, I think it was Monday, and he came into the changing rooms when I was there. But he'd been swimming, so maybe wow. that is low Where do we impact. start with this one, but he, but he may have been in the steam room coming down from a big session, so I, I, can't, <laughs> um, I can't neither confirm nor deny what activity he'd been doing, other than he'd been wet. I, I, can, just envisage, I can just envisage Joe... Doing that soaring motion between his legs with his towel as Kane Vincent Young <laughs> strolls into the change room. <laughs> There's an image for everyone. Um, but um, but Danny Rose kind of form kind of tailed away a little bit um, before his injury. Um, we've already, already talked about how important Vincent Young appears to be, having only been at the club for a few months. Um, your thoughts, Joe, on where Rowe would fit in at the moment is is there when suspensions are sorted out um, and um, is 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 he getting in the team even if he gets fit, Joe? Um, I, I don't know. To be honest, I don't know what the team, the best team is. Lambert doesn't know what the best team is. If we're playing, setting up how we did yesterday, the sort of four-two-three-one, four-three-three, then one of those wide roles, he's probably quite proficient in. He'd give us another option, put it that way. He's he's one of these players that are out of contract as well, I think, in the summer, isn't he? Or with a, well, possibly with a one-year option. Craig, are you um, are you renewing a contract for Danny Rowe in the summer? Uh, probably not. Has he done enough? Um, when he has played, he scored didn't he at Rochdale, but I don't think he's he's really set the world light when he has played. He, he does give us a not. He would give us a wider option on the bench. I presume. I, I say, but you know, because we've got a lot of samey central midfielders clogging it up at the moment, so it would be. An option it'll save you playing people out of position, I suppose. But um, no, I don't think he's really pushed on as much as we'd hope. Is it? Would it be harsh for Gwion Edwards? Uh, again, we'll talk about this maybe in the context of the commentary game. But um, Gwion Edwards had a good performance yesterday. Right back, started to figure that position out. Would it be a bit harsh if he bombed out of the team, or is Vincent Young that important or that good that there's no real choice other than to do it? Um, uh, either of you can answer that. Craig's looks like he's yeah. I, that I think. Yeah, I think Vincent Young's, you know, he sh- he has shown in the in his brief appearances that he's you know, he's a right back, isn't he? So right back or right wing back, at least he's played the position. As you say, Edwards did well yesterday. You know, he was he was certainly second half. He was getting four, wasn't he? He was he was pushing their wing back back. I heard Mick Mills on the radio on the afterwards on the way home saying that he wasn't actually that convinced by him first half. I, th- I thought he was perfectly okay first half. Um, you know, the way that Coventry play would by definition push our fullbacks back they were pushed right up when they in the, in the first half um but no I, I think edwards is just a utility option isn't he? he can play a couple of different positions he can play up now we transpires he can do a job up that right side he can play off the left as well so yeah i would i would, I would replace him with vincent young once he's uh, up to speed but certainly have him in and around the squad 
Well, maybe Vincent Young can come in at left back. Um, more on that later on. Um, I tweeted this article out on Saturday. Um, a long athletic article. Athletic is this um, online subscription service that some um, people have subscriptions to. So apologies um, for a lot of people saying, how do I read this? And blah, blah, blah. And I'm not paying for it. So don't worry. I'm going to read you all of the important bits now. Just, just, quick, just quickly on that. I think, if you, I think someone said if you download the mobile app, you get four free articles a month on it. So well, if go. someone does want to read it and isn't a subscriber, download the mobile app and you and you could get a couple of articles a Boom. month. So you would be able yeah. to get it. Well, there's plenty going on in that article and there's some good content there. It's obviously going to be skewed towards Premier League and Championship. Well, there you go. More consumer advice from Joe Fairs, who's like the Martin Lewis of the Blue Monday podcast. It's <laughs> great. Um, but the few bits and pieces that I picked out of the article, guys, for your, your comments and views on. Joe, let's start with this. Um, let's start with Lambert's contract. There's not a huge amount about Lambert in this. I don't know. There's, there's quite a sympathetic view on Lambert. And um, I'll let you draw your own conclusions from that. Um, but apparently the athletic sources, and of which there are quite a lot of insiders, including our own Benjamin Bloom, um, who is quoted in this article, says that um, his contract does not contain any clauses that allow us to sever his contract without compensation being paid. So the question is... Um, at what point can we trigger um, a termination without the need to pay too much compensation? Mm. So we can't go away for nothing. But also, just no. finishing that point quickly, Joe, before I get your thoughts on this. Um, sacking Lambert. Evan's greatest success, according to one insider, is that he's managed to stay out of the spotlight. And sacking Lambert is something he won't be afraid to do. Um, your thoughts on that contract situation, which we've always long said was a, a dumb idea at the time, um, but also the fact that Evans's greatest success is Steve keeping out of the spotlight and whether Lambert, like McCarthy, like Hurst, might be the next one to face the um, P45. Mm. Well, if you sort of look on the TWT message board, Phil Ham posts on there every, every now and again and mentions Lambert's contract and Stu and Andy in the EADT seem to be on a similar line that whilst there is no break clause without compensation it seems that they those three between them seem to have agreed on the fact that if he's sacked at any point it's a, almost a two-year compensation payout mm. but if he's sacked when for missing out on the top six it's a smaller payout so i don't think anyone thought that there was a no compensation route out of this but it's just a case that if we're in a position where we aren't realistically going to make the top six and the two-year payout evans and lambert need to if, if it's going to happen early, you need to come to agreement somewhere between that point as to as to where it is. Lambert will obviously want it more one way, Evans the other, but will will either of them want to sit it out until the end of the season? Just to, like I say, Evans has to do what I, I guess his solicitors and his advisors say, and if the difference is hundreds of thousands of pounds, I don't know what Lambert earns, but it, it could easily be a £250,000 difference, then maybe you do need to sit it out until you can get away with the lower payment because that money's a lot of money for our transfer budget. Effectively, that's that's another potentially two players at this level, one to two players at this yeah. level for a, yeah, for a sure. season. So you've got the kind of the pivot of that point, which I totally agree. We talked about that before, I think, um, and um, season ticket sales, which I think you guys talked about on the pod midweek yeah. about you know if if you're an Ipswich fan who's looking for Lambert to be sacked. We, our sense is that it's not going to happen anytime soon. If you're on the fence about whether you renew, the fact Lambert's going to stick around until it's mathematically certain. That's another month or so, I guess, possibly, um, depending on how yeah. where the results pick up for us. Um, you're not going to be happy, um, and why would you want to renew? But uh, 
should we be hinting to people that there's a good chance he goes unless a miracle happens? We, it's just we always need to. We always need to find ourselves in this position, don't we? And it's always around season ticket time that mm-hmm. there's a, you know, is the manager staying? Is he going? What, are they, are they going to delay the season tickets? What will affect the early bird deadlines and bits and pieces like that? There's someone else also put on Twitter. Um, I don't know who it was. Apologies, but there's something to do with the financial year, isn't there? The deadline April the sixth as well, which yeah. may be a, an increased national insurance payout to if you're made oh. redundant or something along those lines. So. Oh. I think it's actually, you know, of a payment over thirty-five grand. I think it said you'd you'd have to pay another thirteen percent contributions. Like yeah, something along those lines. So, you know, I think all things are pointing to if it does happen, a, an early-ish April agreement. Yeah. Yeah. Matt, I, Mike I, if, um, like, I don't know the the accountant side of it, but you might be able to put them on gardening leave until after that point, and then pay off at that point mm. to get around that contribution side of it but I'm sure someone knows more on that but Evans you're saying he's not afraid to sack him like any owner as soon as especially one who's so low profile as Evans has been as soon as the owner starts getting a load of stick they they do tend to sack the manager because it means that if things aren't going well on the pitch the owner gets it all of a sudden that shield goes up and there's some something else to think about it's almost like a dead cat bounce or a shiny toy for someone else to look at so yeah. I won't be at all surprised to, I, I, I know that like the piece in the angling today that Stuart Watson said that Evans wasn't at the game yesterday I know for a fact he was due to be at the game up until Thursday or Friday and he was coming down with friends and so they've obviously pulled out because they, <laughs> he doesn't he didn't want to sit there and get a load of stick I mm. genuinely think is a reason interesting so. yeah well some other bits and pieces and more on Evans as we go um, wage bill um, maybe this this um, suggested that um, whilst one of the largest it's not the largest in fact Fleetwood have a larger <clears throat> wage bill than town there are some senior senior pros or players in the first team on 1500 quid a week um I, I guess that unless you're seeing the the um, balance sheet and the profit and loss, you don't really know whether that's true or not. But our clout in the wage market was supposed to be a big thing, um, and maybe this article suggests we're not as um, maybe um, our wage bill isn't as big as we thought. Um, lots of well, Mac- I think, I think, I think what it is is that there, there was clout in the thing, but we, in our budget, which allowed us to sign Alan Judge, which allowed us to sign James Garber. Norwood, Thomas Holy, Luke Garber, but yeah. there isn't another 20 grand a week that Evans is going to put in in, yeah, in January to up the budget. The budget is a budget for the season, but used it up. I, I, yeah. there was, I think if the right player was available, there was money there, but we couldn't get deals done for the right players. But um, Craig, Craig I, I, we shudder to, to um, kick off debates about um, McCarthy. Some interesting stuff on him though. Um, some quotes here from, um, I, I would guess staff that worked for him or at the club at the time who were sympathetic, but there was a view that McCarthy was knived in the back by a group of staff from the club's academy who thought he was out of touch. Academy coaches would undermine McCarthy in front of young players because of his long ball style, telling them that they, this wasn't the Ipswich way, and his time to cha- uh, his time in charge would not last forever. Presumably, with the view to do not. Um, get fixated with how the manager plays listen to us instead um, some chat about his resistance to use sports science as it potentially presented a data led limitation that's my words um, for for players physical capabilities when McCarthy believed he could better assess them by them going 100% health for leather in training um, nothing I guess particularly surprising albeit probably this 
fracture between staff in the academy and the first team certainly not helpful and possibly led to this siege mentality and maybe McCarthy feeling he was being attacked from all sides near the end perhaps yeah very possibly but and I I I knew of someone who used to work at the club they don't anymore um but you always got the feeling from little snippets I heard that there was all there was a um if not a, a complete separation of the ways between academy and first team there was just a feeling that you know that the academy all the age groups are playing in a certain way are taught and drilled to play in a certain way but the first team were a chalk and cheese to to what these guys were you know attempting week in week out themselves with the with the youths but um it's quite interesting to see it come out in the in black and white if you like i'd I was try- I've read it through a couple of times, and I'm trying to work out who this mole is. But um, <laughs> you know, I've got I've got some ideas. But I'm certainly not going to say them here. But um, there was that, and they say about these um, like the academy contacts, um, and, and a bit like you may well t- go on to it. So apologies if you do. But O'Neill comes in for a little bit of yeah, stick, doesn't he? Towards the it. end. Yeah, no, 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 so, no, go ahead. All right. Read the piece and then we can talk. Okay, so the bit, the bit on O'Neill um, is the transition from um, Milne. There's a lot, a bit about Milne, which isn't particularly flattering either, um, but the Hurst coming in. Um, took a fortnight for Hurst to get in touch with any of the staff and get their opinions on the players that were at the club. And then there's Evans and O'Neill had had advice that relegation would inevitably follow if a drastic shift in approach would um, was to happen in one go. And the move to sports science and signing of lower leagues um, therefore wasn't particularly of a surprise when relegation <laughs> came calling a few months later. Um, one of the solutions in the summer um, in reference to the adoption of sports science approaches was less training. And this meant the players weren't fit going into matches and actually got injured more because they weren't up to match, spa- uh, match base. Um, too much faith was placed in academy methods working at senior level. This is all under presumably O'Neill's guidance and recommendation. Um, and a limited experience, it says, a result of first team results driven business. That was a view from um, insiders provided there. Is that what you had? In, is that what you were referring to, Craig? Yeah, quite yeah, scathing that, that, when you. In, I mean, again, I've paraphrased a bit of it. But yeah, that, that yeah. last that last comment in particular, I think, I, I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but the quote was something like, "There's junior staff now in charge of the, at the of the club, and they don't have any experience of first team business, basically." So, but too yeah. much faith. And and Joe, you're someone who's quite close to the academy, obviously. Um, to your, to your me, that's, whether that seems gone. That seems a bit revisionary to me when I see it because you talk about the academy leading this. The reality is Paul Hurst, Chris Doy came in from Shrewsbury. They bought in their own fitness coach, Nathan Winder, who is now at Sheffield United. So he's obviously no mug because they're one of the fittest teams going and they managed to keep David David McGoldrick fit. And (laughs) I did did read an article on The Athletic recently that sort of like nine of their players have played in sort of all but two or three of their games. They are a team that keeps the players fit he brought in that other other guy I can't remember his name Skit was it Chris Skit as oh, well yeah, yeah. he was there he was their physio at Shrewsbury the, the pre-season was going to Spain doing triple sessions out there with which is, is exactly what Hurst had done so I, I don't really understand how this was academy led when it was clearly the first team manager leading this and the recruitment was Hurst leading the recruitment because at the end of the day, you signed John Nolan, Toto Enciala, Janoy Danassian, and Tyo Eden, who were players that he'd previously targeted without that being management-led. So Ooh. whilst I 
Well, but did that? But did they bring him in? You know, thinking that's the way they wanted to go, and he fit the profile of the manager that they were looking to bring in. Yeah, quite, quite possibly, quite probably even. But he was he was a manager with a track record, and he came in and tried to do effectively what he'd done elsewhere, and failed badly at it. And I, d- I don't really see. I think there may have been t- issues between him and the academy staff. I know sort of over like Andre Dazelle, he effectively dropped him back into the under-23s, which was a very unpopular club move, and he wanted him to go out on loan, and that was stopped from above his head. So there was obviously tensions in place, but I, I don't see that it was a... I, I just don't see that this was Leo Neal driving this. This was Paul Hurst driving this, and Paul Hurst giving carte blanche to drive it, effectively, is, is how it looks like from everything I've heard and from what I can... From what I can see, even almost. Mm. Just to just to finish on the article, and as I say, if you've been now given a, a, a neat little way of reading it anyway, but um, so, something about the the club's institutional memory has got lost thanks to Marcus Evans' um, sweeping changes of personnel um, off and on the field, as it were. But the lack of day to day leadership. Um, a quote: "Getting things done can't be easy when the person you need to sanction something." is rarely around um and to be honest guys i see I, I guess joe you've read it as well there is no angle to this that is positive is there there apart from the quick fixes perhaps to sack the manager but otherwise evan's style of leadership and management and running the club is not going to change quickly all it's done is shed light on it a little bit in the public domain but also mm. flag perhaps the limitations that we already knew yeah it doesn't tell a huge amount that sort of people close to the club weren't aware of. I, I know the frustration with decisions being made is that it goes at an absolute snail's pace because Marcus is the only person that can time things off and he's not there. And when Ian Milne left, left Leo Neal was promoted, but he's still the academy manager. He's st- so he's still got a huge job in its own right, as well as now he's, I think he's effectively like leading the recruitment but he's also having to sort out the season ticket prices and put packages together to get Evans to sign these. He is the, oh, wow. he is the chief exec of the club, effectively. And Evans said, "You are, I will be at the club a lot more. What's a lot more? One day a month? Because they're the sort of levels you're talking about. And he needs to empower a chief exec to run the club for him, or he needs to run it himself. Mm. It, it is a full t- it's a full-time job to run a football club. Yep. Yeah. But he hasn't. But he hasn't done it, has he? Since, since he's been there, he's never done it. As you say, Joe. Nobody, again, harking back to the the guy I used to know. Nobody has got any authority to make any decisions, and that's and that's not just on the football side. That's through the hospitality side and the ground and everything else. You know, everything has to be signed off by Marcus Evans. Even like I say, my because I, I have a hospitality season ticket, and um, when the season ticket prices are coming out, and it's there's a ten percent drop for season ticket prices. It is getting to about July before I even know what my season ticket price is. And I'm speaking to my contact and she's saying, I'm saying, well, what if I if I don't want to do the hospitality, I need to make sure that I can get the cheaper ticket in the North Stand at an early bird price or elsewhere. And they're, they're having to like write me a letter to confirm that I am able to, they will honour that price to me if I'm not happy with the hospitality price effectively because it's taking all summer to agree on a season ticket price and all they did at the end of the summer was drop the price 10% exactly the same as the rest of the ground but that took them all summer to agree to that because it has to be agreed by Evans. 
Well, I, I'm trying to find positives. I, last week, um, having seen us um, chuck away, well, a point and maybe get three at Blackpool, the pod was about trying to find positives. That article, as I say, is just a catalogue of mismanagement. Um, no surprises, really. Maybe some stuff there that could be disputed and you're getting a, 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 a single independent view that perhaps can't be corroborated, but nevertheless, some insightful stuff there. Um, but one, one thing on it, though, that Ben M, I'm sure he wouldn't mind us saying this, but Ben obviously is quoted in the article but he mm. said he spoke to the journalist who was putting the piece together for like a good 45 minutes yeah, he, he said the guys yeah. seemed really switched on had a lot of info mm. a lot of stuff he wasn't even aware of and so it isn't a hatchet job put out there but it, it does seem that the managers both McCarthy Paul Lambert Paul Hurst they all got off very lightly in it I think especially Lambert in yeah. it because there was no real comment on the fact how poorly we are doing and and like I say when you say what is positive of it well Look at yesterday's opponents, Coventry. Look at their ownership situation. Oh, yeah, Joe. And, and they've got 2,000 fans or 1,800 fans loving life, having a great day out. Yeah. Now you're going to believe us. We're going to win the league. And they are going to win the league. And they are going to get promoted. And they're an absolute shit show off the pitch. Well, much, much, much worse than we ever have been. Perfect segue for me, Joe, because I've got some stuff for you. I wanted to provide context here because this is something that I've seen close up over the last... 10 how many years have I been up here over a decade of, of living up here and following Coventry in passing not particularly closely maybe go to a game or two a season but now they're at the same level I don't go and watch them um, but Mark Robbins let me start with Mark Robbins he left Coventry February 2013 to go to Huddersfield who I assume possibly were League One at that time or maybe just to go back to the championship he was there for 19 months and only had a win percentage of 33.8%, was sacked two months oh, later. That's like, that's like the end. Wow. If we could have 33%, we'd be loving life. Um, uh, true. I've, I, in isolation, Joe, please, let me keep it in isolation, because we can't compare to us. We're total tinpot. Uh, joined Scunthorpe two months later, I think in League One. Lasted 15 months there, win percentage of three, uh, 32.4%. Joined Coventry March 2017, and has been there ever since, and has slowly built up, but it did not go well to him to start with. It was a slow burn, and suddenly everything has clicked into place. Join him in League Two, obviously. So let's not pretend that Mark Robbins is a Chris Wilder, who had success at Oxford before he went into Sheffield United. Mark Robbins had had success with Coventry, hadn't, and then decided to get a bigger job, couldn't sustain it, and so wasn't exactly on everyone's shopping list when it came to managers, um, and had been bombed out by two clubs. Sisu. He mentioned Sisu, um, Joe. Legal disputes since 2017 now see them playing out of Coventry in Birmingham at St Andrews. They have a two-year option, I think, to continue playing there. Um, they've played at Northampton, um, and they are still continuing to appeal at the, at the EU Commission due to the sale of the ground to WASPs and the rules around EU state aid. Um, and in terms of net spends... Coventry took in, have taken in nearly six million in transfer fees of players sold this season. They've spent seven hundred and thirty k on one player. More on him in a bit. Otherwise, it's free transfers and loans. Season before, um, they spent five hundred k and received one point two million. Two seasons before that, they spent nothing, having sold James Madison to Norwich in the fifteen sixteen season. This is a team of loans and youth players and freebies. Um, league finishes, they've been relegated from the Premier League since the 2000-2001 season, 11 years in a row in the Championship, 5 seasons in League 1, then in season in League 2, up via the playoffs, and 2 seasons in League 1, they are now looking to get back to the Championship. So this is the this is the team that we're facing, this is the team that have 
got freebies, loans, academy players, and a manager who was struggling a little bit to find his his home and trying to find form in the, in the EFL, and now they are top of the league and bossing it. Um, we'll talk about Ipswich's stats because they don't make good reading anyway. But Coventry's form going into this match, so all of that, all of all of that off the field context. Coventry, this is our fourth game against them this season. They are in um, coming into the game top of the league, two points clear of second with a game in hand 17 wins 13 draws three defeats no draws sorry no defeats in 2020 um they've played six games in the fa cup by the way um the defeats they've had were to rotherham and Tranmere in october and shrewsbury in december since then they've gone 17 games unbeaten all sounds good doesn't it um ipswich going into this game six changes three defeats well two defeats in a row um uh, Will Keane absence for injury, so another one on the um, injury list. Um, and Coventry are unchanged, but they have their two turn away kit, as I mentioned. So let's go through the lineups after all of that. And I, as I will go, I'll, I'll ask you about the Ipswich team guys first. I'll tell you about the Coventry team and how much those players cost. So Ipswich, Norris comes in for Holy. Who expected that apart from me? I kind of had a, an inkling it might happen. Mm, I didn't. I, I wouldn't say. I wasn't shocked by it because he seems to prefer Norris to Holy. Um, yeah. Any conspiracy theories about the Wolves loan as well? We'll, we'll see what happens next week in Bristol. Um, but back four: Garbutt, Chambers, Wolfen, and comes back in. Edwards also comes in at right back. Scoose, Dizel, Nolan. Scoose comes back in our uh, midfield three. Judge Sears a Bishop up front or in a four-three-three. Three. Um, your your thoughts on this? Do we we kind of Stuart Watson was pretty early on the doors. This was a four three three with the personnel available guys. Um, any changes that you could have foreseen there or Dobra Simpson? I guess there were calls for, but otherwise it's it kind of picks itself, doesn't it, Craig? Yeah, I th- yeah, I think so. Yeah, that the midfield three you can pretty much perm any available apart, Flynn Downs apart. You can exchange any of our central midfielders for any of the others really, and you'll get a. A similar sort of performance, I think. Um, there's not much between any of them. Um, Simpson looks—he looks way off to my eyes at the moment. You know, he's well, he is his fifth choice centre forward, isn't he? So, you know, I think people clamouring for him to be starting matches is a is a bit too soon. Um, but yeah, you know, it's Bishop Bishop playing wide right isn't one of my favourite uh, places to see him. I'm sure it's not his favourite place to play. What about um, Judge on the other side? Yeah, quite well, was he? Yeah. Nominally. Yeah. nominally. Yeah. Um, he was he was he was further left than uh, Bishop at some points, even though they're both on the same wing. So yeah, yeah, we we know the we know the limitations there. Um but you know, if we're gonna play that formation and we don't have the players to play it, we're squeezing square pegs into round holes again, aren't we? Joe, you were after a run of games for Andre Dizel, um so two starts for him in in, in within a week. Um happy about that? Yeah, I think we've got to give him a run of games between now and the end of the season. Yep, simply simple. Um, Craig, your sniper, by the way, is, is is a little happier now. He's got he's gone green with his light, just so you're aware. So you obviously a full charge. Um, on the bench, I guess something to mention, along with Dobber and Simpson, we mentioned already. Um, ben Morris makes his first appearance on the bench, um, following his recovery from um, uh, injury. Joe, there was a loan mooted for him, presumably given our lack of strikers. That's not going to happen. Yeah, and no, I think I think he was due to go to Aldershot, but that was purely for some fitness because they, I think they see his level as a bit higher than that, but they weren't able to 
sort anything before the end of the January window. Mm. But Benfield Army's at Stevenage, not playing there, where he'd probably be ahead of Tyree Simpson. Well, he would be ahead of Tyree Simpson. And Jordan Roberts is at Gillingham, playing there. Just about to overtake us in the league. Oh, yeah. yeah. One point in it, isn't there? Um, so let me talk you through Coventry's system. It's a three-four-two-one formation. Um, and as I go, I'll tell you how much these players cost. In goal, Marco Morosi, um, free agent. Um, Dom Heim, free agent. Um, Carmo Fadzian, free agent. Michael Rose, free agent. That's the back three and the keeper. Your midfield force. Um, well, it's it's kind of wing backs with McCallum on one side who is sold to Norwich for three million quid loaned back. Um, but signed from um, Jamie Vardy's academy, his um, F9 academy, whatever it is. Um, on one side, and Fang Caddy Dabo on the other side, who's come through the Chelsea academy, but signed for nothing. Liam Walsh um, is alone from Bristol City, I think it is. Um, and Liam Kelly was signed um, for free, or an undisclosed low fee, is the captain. Your midfield two, um, just behind the striker, Callum O'Hare on loan from Villa. And Jamie Allen, who was signed undisclosed, but I think it wasn't particularly much. And Matt Godden, who is the form player for cover at the moment, 15 goals I think he's on, um, signed for 750k in the summer. So he was the big outlay, the big purchase in the summer. Um, on the bench, um, no one of with any fees spent, no free agent keeper, free agent defender, free agents, academy players, um, yep. Yeah. So they, that is the. I, I don't want to labour the point. I know I'm off on one a little bit there, but that is what we're up against. And you look at our squads again. There's not too many um, high fees in there, but you've got um, players on big wages. Um, we spent big money on Nolan, certainly. Garbutt's probably on a decent loan wedge as well. Um, so it just shows you that at this in this division, which is not particularly great. And I don't think Coventry were particularly great, nor did they, did they need to be. But it's not impossible to get a good team playing well without having to spend any money. And that must be music to Marcus Evans' ears, eh? Um, let's move into the action, guys. There's not a huge amount to talk about. Um, as I go, I'll kind of intersperse with um, what was happening in the terraces as well. 12 minute, um, Joe, you're probably best placed or... Craig, you're kind of looking along the 18-yard line, aren't you? I look along the goal line, actually. The right goal along line. the goal line. Was out. this a penalty in the 12th minute for Nolan, or did he just go down a little bit too easy? What's the jury's, what's the VAR verdict? I thought it was a dive. I thought it was going down. There may have been some contact, but he was on his way down. Yeah. Craig's yeah. having, yeah? Okay, fine. Yeah, I agree. We have consensus there. 14 minutes, Coventry starts to come into the game. There's quite a few crosses, um, flashing across the air, a few um, blocks... It all seems a little bit easy to get past us and behind us. And the North Stand start to boo as Coventry in a corner. And that acts as a warning shot because two minutes after that little flurry, Ipswich will go behind. Um, John Nolan, who we'll talk about again in this match, decides to take a run down the left-hand side and quickly finds Darbo, um, who is going to put him under pressure. Um, who wants to take it from here? Who's seen the goal back? Or who can recall it? Because it was right in front of me. I'm happy to talk you through it if you want, but also happy to share the love if anyone wants to talk it through. Go for it, Rich. So it's a it's a great run by Liam Walsh. Breaks quickly. No mucking about. Um, the question is whether um, Nolan is just unlucky or whether it's just a bit dumb. But it's all about God, and you can tell he's a quality player. You can tell he's a player we've spent money on. Controls the ball and turns in one movement and slots it into the corner. Um, a nice goal celebration, elbows out because you obviously can't shake hands anymore. Um, and Ipswich are one 0 down. And I was expecting boos. There were a few scatter boos in the north lower, but otherwise, 
guys, the general mood is of apathy and probably Acceptance. expecting it. Yeah. 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 But, a, but a good goal, Craig. It was it was a lovely goal, actually. Yeah, how many times have we said it? Though? How many times have we said that other teams are so incisive when they've got the ball, when they suddenly got the ball, they're on the break, as you say, got in, got passed inside, driven midfielder drives through with the ball, nice little late um, through ball. What you find is that Chambers isn't isn't in the right position. Garbutt's chasing his man back as well um, at left back. There's they've got two or three options, not just the one that they take, but. Uh, yeah, when he takes a little little twist on the ball and first time to the corner, it's, it's a great, great finish. Yeah, and the start that Ipswich didn't want, tough start, um, it, it happens. And I was expecting a little bit more anger um, in the stands, um, but it doesn't really materialise. The Ipswich fans were generally supportive, um, but Coventry fans start the chant of sacked in the morning, um, which I think is picked up by a few but this is the big chance, guys, and this is where the crowd does turn. And we've mentioned him already. I'm going to have to mention him again. It's a it's a long punt over the top by Judge. Um, and John Nolan has broken the Coventry offside trap, or possibly is offside. He looks offside. I watched it back this morning. And it's, just off the, it's just off the screen, but unless he's able to teleport like three I'm yards. I'm trying to find positive, guys. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. I thought it was a well-timed run, but I'm the off-presenter <laughs> on the ground. But he's, he, we think he's offside, yeah? Yeah, I bet two yards, I think. Is this is this any excuse, though, for the finish that follows here? Because he has all the time in the world. Um, it's a situation where Caden Jackson has found himself a couple of times this season and scored goals. Tranmere and Accrington, I think it was, um, spring to mind. Craig, um, what are you doing here? Of all the myriad of options laid out in front of you as the ball drops, are you, um, are you well, lamely it, heading it back to the goalkeeper? It, it doesn't drop once. It drops twice, doesn't it? He... I appreciate it's coming over his shoulder the first time, but I, an informed, confident player may well have just brought it down the first time it's landing on the full. As it is, it bounces. And then he he sort of looks at the goalie and you can see the goalie's there and you can see what he's trying to do. But even even though the goalie takes two or three steps backwards, there's no way in the world it's going to go over the top of him had he, had he stayed where it was. But he had so much time on the ball. He could have taken it down the second time round and then, and then missed. I then passed it to Judge. It was yeah. it was that well, like I say, it was you could you could see what he was trying to do. That the keeper was sort of in a bit no man's land. That you, if you could just get a load of power on that header, you're just going to float it over him. But but he volleys no that. Does he not? Does he bring it down and smash it on the volley? It's as you say, touch. Yeah, as you say, Rich, it, it was it's pretty much carbon copy of the two chances that uh, Jackson's had. And yet we know that Jackson's not the most instinctive of finishes, but he put those away both those goals beautifully and there's no reason why this goal scoring midfielder we purchased a couple of summers ago shouldn't uh, shouldn't be doing the same but he just looks so so low on confidence doesn't he, he just does. his body language he does. Dave Dave mentioned it a few times didn't he, on the on the WhatsApp he just looks his body language just looks shot on paper he costs more than the entire Coventry team just oh. to put that in context but he doesn't hide guys you know he, he gets involved with a move on 41 minutes to set up Freddie Sears and he hits a low shot um, which isn't really firm enough to trouble the keeper. Um, 44, he's also in again. Coventry caught up the pitch quite a lot, um, but we can't take advantage. Joe, this is, did this hit you, Joe? This is not a five, too far away from you, is it? He cuts in left um, and volleys high and wide, and it's, is it just under the under the south stand lower tier, I, um, top I tier? I can confirm it didn't hit me. Okay, good. But, but in the first half, Nolan effectively was playing as a number 10 and actually getting ahead of the striker and getting past him. So 
I'm not. I'm not going to criticize. I know the miss was poor, but I'm not going to criticize him because he was actually trying to get into the box, which is something that our midfielders haven't done. So, yep. Uh, and right. that's that's half time. Coventry have have had perhaps a few sights, but not many clear cut chances. But taken the one they have had, Ipswich have probably had two sights, maybe one. Um, but a similar story, and and it's all too much for Norris, who gets carded walking down the tunnel. Did you see what happened here, Craig? This was too far away from me. I saw him kick a bottle away, I think. Yeah, no, I think he threw his water bottle Toys away once, the pram a little once, way, he'd, um, once he'd spouted off to referee Kettle. <laughs> Trevor Kettle, yeah. So, um, But that's half-time, and, and there's not a huge amount to talk about in the second half. It was quite a comfortable second half for Coventry, but they, they nearly doubled their lead. This is a lovely move. I'm trying to recall how the ball gets to Darbo out on the right-hand side, but he doesn't muck about. His cross is firmly struck, quick and early, um, and Godden is there. Um, and really, guys should do better here, or is it good defending? It's on the run, I guess. Maybe there's no there's no defending. Is there not? De- I thought Chambers doesn't. Cut I thought out Chambers. The cross. Okay, fine. No, it goes. Uh, he sort of bounces over his foot, and he should have cut it out really. And then Godin just puts it over. He should have scored. He was yeah, back there, was That was a beautiful cross. So, so mm. I look right along that that goal line there, and you could just see it just curves away, you know, past Chambers and. Gordon's just running in perfectly on it, and yeah, he should have just slammed it home, shouldn't he? It's like a Trent Alexander-Arnold cross. It was. It was. It was lovely, wasn't it? Um, but again, you, you mentioned it before, Craig, incisive build-ups, no mucking about, yeah. no sideways passing, no going backwards, um, decisiveness. 55, Edwards is defending here. We've mentioned Edwards before the match action. He's, he's puts in quite a lot of good defensive work here. Lovely cross from O'Hare. I think also from your side, Craig. Um, Godden ready to head that one in the far post, but Edwards gets in there. A couple of sides for Godden in a, in a few minutes. Chambers and Garber who have to, have to defend here, and Garber ends up clearing the ball, but pulling up with another injury. Um, and Earl has to come on to replace him a few minutes later. Garber, not another... Not another it was good, groin. Was it a groin? I'm trying to... Yeah, it didn't look... Um, particularly good for him, similar to the one we had before. But it wasn't a great performance was him from him, was it? And it didn't have a good set one against Blackpool. Poor. Set pieces again. He yeah. passed it out of play in the first half, which drew um, jeers from some of the North Stand as well. Um, what's your take on Garbert? Because certainly as our form drop, he's, he doesn't look particularly confident or happy either, does he? No, no. Um, it's, since he's come back from that, that injury, isn't it? especially that thigh injury he had in a few weeks ago, um, whether he's they've rushed him back again to get him in the team, I don't know. But whether and whether yesterday's injuries are you know a knock-on effect from that, who knows? I, I think it was the same leg or the same area, wasn't it? Is his left thigh and his left groin? Can he have a left groin? I don't know. Um, but yeah, he even his set piece. You know, our, our entire game plan is pretty much revolving around getting a set piece somewhere near the area or a corner or a free kick that he well, certainly was early in the season that he can sling in the box. So if if they're failing, then we're failing. Mm. Um, we were saying about their incisiveness. Actually, sorry, just to go back to what you talked about there, Rich. The amount of times I don't know if it was if it was especially bad at the weekend, but how many times do we get the ball? And we we run forward with it ten yards and then we just check. Yeah, Judge was particularly proud of that. Wasn't oh, he? wasn't he? Wasn't he? <clears throat> I mean, if we just check, and you think, Christ, just keep going, just keep running with the ball, just play a forward pass. But I don't know what it is. It's drilled into all of them. They all did. No one's, you know, any any worse than anyone else. But it just Bishop had a, had a few forays forward, didn't they? I like the word foray. I always get that in there. Bishop, I think, was the only one who was willing to run 
and take on a man and he won a few free kicks out of it but there's not much there's not much here and we kind of on the whatsapp well, there's, kind of, there's nothing there was no, there same as the same as the oxford game they're so comfortable weren't they yeah they there's a chance us, for chambers they, they let us just have the ball all game long mccallum gets the blocks and there's a few subs there's a um, simpson for sears dob for bishop um which just sapped seemed to sap any kind of intent or threat out of the team simpson as you said craig looked he looked was great last week at blackpool um coming on and 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 bombing forward and chasing down his man um but, but he, 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 he came on in totally the isolated role against he? blackpool didn't he well, I think he he came off for Keane, didn't he, against Blackpool? I think he was I think he was playing up up front on his own, but he he just seemed lost in this game. And, yeah. and Dobra, as I say, didn't really have a huge amount of chance. But Bishop was playing quite well, and and it just felt like, as I said, that that sapped the energy out of us. Really, Dobra didn't really have a, a huge amount to offer. Coventry were quite comfortable, um, quite a lot of shit housing and time wasting, and keepers moving free kicks from where they were given, and referee falling for it, and linesman being indecisive but ultimately Ipswich don't really have a huge amount um, of clear-cut chances again it's 87th minute um, chance of Evans get out of our club full-time whistle blows the expected boos um, but a scattering of applause because I guess it had been better than Tuesday guys I you know hey it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters May 17th do you want to tell people the big news all right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with McDelivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash blue monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Yeah, I, 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 I don't get the applauding after that. I know the players tried. I, I stayed out there and I... I didn't boo, but I stayed out and watched it all, but I certainly wasn't going to be clapping. In the day, an improved performance where you barely have a chance. You lose 1-0 at home for the third home game in a row. You lose your seventh game in nine. <laughs> That's, it's not worth clapping, is it? It's just... No. We say, and we say about you know it being a nice, easy place to, to play and comfortable for the players. Well, that's why... I'm not saying for, you know we should start booing and giving players grief from the word go, but crikey, if you're going to get applauded off, as Joe says, with those stats and having one meaningful shot 
well, half chance on target and just being kept at arm's length for 90 minutes pretty much, certainly for the second 45, then I don't know what. And there's been, there's been stuff going on about booing and, you know, it's not helpful. And Leo Neal said it himself, it's not helpful. Well, we were at Sunderland, Rich, and they were drawing nil-nil at half-time with us and they got booed off the pitch. Yep. Mm. They come, come in second half and were, tore us a new one. They were all over us second half, so... Yep. Yeah, yeah. K- Kieran Dyer was saying that on Life's a Pitch beforehand. Like, you think this is, crowd is bad. Try being at St James's Park or something when the natives are after you there. This is nothing. That, and like, yeah, the players did get dogs abuse after the game on Tuesday, and I say it's not really my style to do it, but I think it's deserved, deservedly so. They got dogs abuse on Tuesday, where yesterday, yesterday, I, I can understand staying there, but just stay and sort of solemnly look back at them. You don't need to stay and clap them and I just think bloody hell like the danger that I've heard Evan... is, is apathy and, and that was the fear yeah. around the end of the McCarthy era that whilst things weren't terrible um, that people just didn't really care um, yeah. to, yes or Saturday felt like uh, meh didn't it and, and I think probably is there a sense that people realise that Lambert isn't going to be if Lambert was going to be sacked um before a possible break in a contract, it would have been after Fleetwood probably, wouldn't it? So it's, are people just kind of resigned to the fact that Lambert isn't going anywhere quickly? We've got injuries, which I guess are mitigating circumstances, albeit not a justification for what we've seen over the last three months. But what can we, apart from venting a little bit, what really can we do, guys? Really? Yeah. It just you, cannot, you cannot clap, can you? It just seems yeah. to be a strange acceptance. Just it's an acceptance that we're going to lose these matches one 0 We're now in League One. We're tenth, ninth, tenth in League One, and we're just accepting the fact that well, it's just part of the course. Now we're losing one 0 at home for the umpteenth game in a row. Well, Coven- even our, even- go on, Drew. Go on. I was going to say, are Coventry the best team you've seen this season? Either they didn't have to be particularly good yesterday, which is yeah, an well, indictment I- as well, or they're just effective. I've seen them. Uh, I've seen us playing three times. I didn't go to the away FA Cup match, but I went to the away league match and then the home replay and then obviously the other day. And what you can tell, and I, and I said it, I think I was on the pod after the the Coventry FA Cup replay match. They just look drilled. Yeah, They just right. know where each other are going to be at any one point in time on the pitch. Yeah? If the ball's over there, you know you've got X, Y, Z to pass to. They just look like a very well-drilled, coached team. Yep, and whilst I tried to slate Mark Robbins previously, he did have a clear, distinct style of play with Kov, and he does well drill the teams. He brings in the youth players as well. So maybe I did him a disservice by saying he's a Chris Wilder on delay. Perhaps. Yeah, but like but Mark Robbins though, I've I've watched his teams a number of times against us, and they've always looked decent side when we've played them. It was it was him, I, I think it was, but when under Roy Keane, when Barnsley were down here, passing us off the park, and the North Stand fans were olaying. That was when Mark Robbins was in charge of them. I think it was. <laughs> I'd need to check that. Well, but... I'm not sure that's right. I don't who does he Mark... have in his? Who does he have backroom staff? Well, you know, coach and assistant manager. Anyone of you know? I I should know that as well, but I don't. Um, I'm just quickly checking his managerial career. Yeah, he was Barnsley. Joe, you're right before Cov. So like maybe you're right. There you go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. His so... sides have always looked decent. They've always played decent football. Yep. Let's do some questions then. Um, again, I'm trying to find a light uh, in the shade and the questions I'm afraid aren't going to help us. Um, um, Ian Aitchison, why are there no leaders on the pitch? Do we not have the players with the right sort of character or has it been drained from them over the previous seasons? Any thoughts, guys, on leaders? We certainly lack them on the pitch, don't we? We've got plenty yeah. of talkers off the pitch. 
Yeah, it's leaders, but it's also it's winners, isn't it? You know, we've had, you know, Chambers. Chambers does his does his thing. I appreciate what he does for the team, certainly off the pitch as as well as on it. Um, but you know, his his entire Ipswich career has been a a captain of a, a backs to the wall, winning a you know winning against in the face of adversity team, hasn't it? You know, we've never we've never been under his stewardship a, a team that's has to go out to win match. And I sort of get. Lambert does talk about, it, doesn't he? Sometimes saying that we haven't got those winners, we're not used to that mentality in the team. And I think it's just a lack. Yes, it is a lack of leads. It's also just a lack of winners, proper people who want to win football matches and are used to winning football matches. Yep. Um, Chris London, Tractor Boy, Joe. Do you think Caden Jackson's red card has been the final nail in our playoff coffin? Um. I think if it wasn't that, it would have only been something else, to be honest. I, I, I don't think that's actually made any difference. Like, we we might have picked up another point or two, but it wouldn't be... We wouldn't have won those games with him and lost them without him. We're not creating hundreds of chances for the striker, is it? Regardless of who it is. No, we, we don't create anything. Um, well, Stevie Shrimpton then asks, why do our players not move or show for the ball? Why do we constantly pass sideways and backwards, even throw-ins take 10 minutes as no one wants the ball? Does Lambert tell them to do this? Um, is is this a confidence thing, Craig, or is is this um, players who are just not used to having the ball at feet and know what to do with it? I, f- I think it's a coaching thing myself. I think it's a yep. coaching. I just don't know what our coaches. When you see other teams come to us, and we include Fleetwood in this as well, they're just better. They're just better drilled, coached teams than than we are. I don't know what our coaches do you know other than hold clipboards and shout at fourth officials there's something um, league clapping yeah yeah they don't just don't seem to add much you know we've and I, I, was, I was i made a note about it this early i was thinking about it that assistant managers you know we've we've over the years we've had some decent assistant managers but when we failed we've had rubbish assistant managers who've who haven't stood up to the the guy in charge um you know you can go even back to burley we had houston and um david Dave Corman. <laughs> His Google <laughs> he'd have, Adventure. He'd, yeah. he'd have had a PowerPoint or two, yeah, quite. <laughs> but yeah, John Gorman and, and Stuart Houston. Um, Brian Hamilton. Yeah, yeah. Joe Royal had uh, Willie Donaghy, didn't he? But then, and when we got to Roy, Roy Keane, he did well at Sunderland. He had um, Ricky Sprazier as his second in command, but he didn't come with him. We had that wet lettuce, Tony Laughlin, who's... He's at Burnley, isn't he, Loughlin? Yeah, he's not. A, he's a coach, isn't he, rather than an assistant manager. It's just we need a strong assistant manager or just a strong coaching team. I think that's where. Yeah. It, well, no, it's a bit of a rant on a particularly valid question. But yeah. Well, um, oh, on that, I am. Um, I just have to word this carefully to. But I was I was speaking to an ex-player who'd been at the game, or two ex-players who'd been at the game last night, who still have close links to members of the squad and still speak to them a lot. And when I said, oh, "What is going wrong?" and it's just. We're just a badly coached team, is what they're saying. Yeah. You, you see them; they're they're well coached. They know exactly what they're doing. When they get the ball, they don't have to look up. They take their first touch and know where their runners are. We are a badly coached team. We don't do any. We don't do a lot of coaching in the week. Lambert isn't a training ground manager. He's he's barely at training. It's Taylor and Gill. And I was just just while I was waiting for the pod to start, I was actually reading a thread on Twitter um, with Steve Lewis. I've, and he was talking to a couple of Norwich fans about it. And um, it was all the sort of thing about how Culverhouse was a tactical manager. He did all the tactics. And even on that, it's saying that Lambert was 
not even in the city most of the week, but he was the motivator. He was like almost like a Martin O'Neill figure where he would just come in, sort of on watch the training on the last day, see who he's going to pick, Brian Clough, Mark, that sort of that sort of figure. And we, are, like I said, we are just not well coached, are we? We and we haven't and we haven't gone back to basics at any point. Have we got any technical coaches, Jay? Anyone who does technical stuff? Well, Mac, Mac Coventry have, by the way. Good reputation there, but. But I said we, we haven't ever gone back to the basics of four four two, which was winning games. I'm not I'm not saying that is a long term solution, but we start the season Holy, Vincent Young or Danassian, Chambers, Wolfenden, Miles Kenlock, Danny Rowe or Guion Edwards, Colskus, Flynn Downs, Luke Garbert, Caden Jackson, James Norwood. We haven't gone back to anything simple at any point this season. Mm. Um ADV Vash is um, Mark Robbins' number two. You might remember him. I think he was a centre back at Reading. I think he was very area. highly rated in the Chelsea academy. He there was there go. under twenty threes, under eighteens manager for a long time. Won a lot of trophies there, and probably is part of why there you go. Dab- why Darbo's Dabo there? Came out with him. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And Good. they've had other players on loan. Dujon Sterling was there last year, wasn't he? So he's probably got contacts at Chelsea. That's something perhaps we lack as well. Cornish Mariner, have we now reset expectations? The response to their goal is a lot more muted than previous matches, but is it sense that this is now our level, Joe? Is this is this the new normal? I'm amazed at how low, and I'm, I'm guilty of it to some extent, but how low the standards are of some of our fans at the moment that like there was a thread on TWTD about this game saying we were much, much better than Tuesday. We were crap yesterday. We barely created a chance. We were beaten by a commentary team that didn't need to get out of second gear. Yeah, the players gave it a bit more, but I've, no, I've never really faulted the players' effort. It's not effort that's the issue. All professional players on all teams always try. It's not a... They, they might not be at 100% every game, but no one throws a towel in because it's their careers and things might not be going right, but we're just not very good at all. We've got four points from nine games. We're just, but we're just being conditioned. Somehow, I don't know how, we're just being conditioned to accept it. And I don't for one second think anyone within the club is clever enough to you know, come out with these press conference utterings that it happens. But even after the match, Lambert's saying, well, we did well against a good team. Well, why are why aren't we the good team? Why, why can't we be the good team in League One rather than Coventry be the good team in League One? This isn't the championship anymore. We're not fighting, fighting against all odds in the championship. Yep. We, we've had a few questions about um, players um, fitting certain roles and doing things that we shouldn't expect. Um, Alan Judge comes into a bit of criticism. Daniel McKenzie kind of asked, whilst it's fairly unclear what the plan is from the manager, what sort of team identity and style should we be adopting with this squad um joe you kind of said the 4-4-2 but that didn't feel like it was built around the squad it was more i got to he, he got to the start of the season and burton didn't really know what to do and 4-4-2 is kind of like the default setting isn't it for most teams um daniel adds it's been a mystery what we've been trying to do all season has this come down to it lambert as a as a coach is found wanting and we don't really know how to bring the best out of these players yes 100 yeah, percent. simple as like that i say i i think he well, he was always a four-three-three manager, wasn't he? Previously, that's that's always what he's played for for a long, long time. And when he came in, the first thing he did was try and play four-three-three with Jordan Roberts, who came in totally out of the cold because he was the only target man that he could get in the squad. Played centrally, and that's what he tried to do. But he soon just drifted away from that. And I think at the start of the season, I think the form of James Norwood and Caden Jackson in pre-season forced his hand to try and play two up front rather than go with 
what he what he needed to do. And from that point, we've been chasing our tail ever since. Whether it's been going to free at the back because we're struggling for defenders, and at the end of the day, he's had no he has not stuck at anything for long enough, other than the free at the back, which can has become five at the back at times under him. We we just and I know there have been mitigating circumstances with regards to injury suspensions, but. This squad is good enough, but there's no way. Bearing in mind we're playing three-five-two now, we started the season with three fit centre backs until the first two months of the season. We started the season with two fit strikers until when did Keane get fit? About November. So there's no way he can claim that he went into the season expecting to play three-five-two, four-four-two because it's it's a it's it's a lie because you do not go into a season want to play two up front with two fit strikers for for the first three months of it, do you? Mm. Um, yeah, I, I'm feeling like Joe, you're getting the extra 13 minutes out of Tuesday's show that we had to curtail because of Ben's battery issues. So you <laughs> go for it, you don't hold back. Um, I'll come to you on this one as well, um, Andrew um, at Run Fat Boy Run. Um, Dizel picks out um, many a pass that can break open defences. Will he benefit? Um, having Jackson back in the team with his pace. Yeah, he will, mm-hmm. because he is the player that can pick out the passes. But we should be setting the team up to play to our players' strengths, one of which is Andre Dezel, because he is the best passer of the ball at the club. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also trying to find other questions where I can find positives. Oh, I've got to ask Mullets. Was our start to the season more damaging than encouraging? Coventry have none of the advantages we do, seemingly, um, yet are miles ahead of us. Is it simply a case of putting the right man in the dugout than the right words in the press every week, Craig? Yeah. I just don't wonder whether our damaging... The, the start was damaging uh, from from Lambert's perspective, because it just gave him the carte blanche to start ballsing things up in the autumn. Um, you know, trying to be too clever and rotating stuff because you know we had got off to a, a decent start. And mate, you know, I know he said in the press you know, it's not going to be easy, but he's obviously setting himself up for the fact that it may things may go wrong. But I just think that the way we got off, you know, had we started off a bit not quite as well, he may not have tried to chop and change things and try to be too bloody clever during the uh, during the autumn. I think he's. I think he's talked us out of the out yeah. of good form as well. So was... negative. And I said that yesterday that um, Guion Edwards was man of the match, and he came up to the Bobby Robson suite and just has his little interview with Walkie. And I sort of made a note of the quote. He said, "I think we needed a bit of help in January, which we didn't get." It's like that is just Lambert's <laughs> words in his mouth, effectively. And why are the players worried about that? I was going to back in themselves. Yeah, there's a question. I was, I was going to on your point, Craig. There was something I was thinking over the last few weeks. Is um, it's kind of this philosophy of if you if you find yourself in a job and you're blagging it a little bit, and but you're have, moderately people are kind of think you're doing all right. What you don't do is change whatever you're doing because you don't want to stand out and stick out and suddenly get found out, do you? And then sacked. So yeah. Lambert stumbled across a way of working, worked up till October, and then we talked about the internationals, but started rotating and it's been found out because he's not been able to get it back since, has he? And yeah, I, I think no, that's something, yeah. And, and I don't want to go on a rant about Lambert, but a lot of the questions we've got from people, but there's one from Dimitris here, which I want to ask you, Joe, could Lambert's attitude towards his job transfer to the players? He reminds us that he'll be fine regardless of what happens in his current job. If you hear a manager say this enough times, then do you start to think actually this also applies to me? 
yeah, I, and it sort of goes back to the previous point I was saying about the negativity, and he just, I don't know, he just is a atmosphere drainer, isn't he, at, in the press conferences, and I, I, I can't imagine he can just flick a switch to turn into Mr. Charisma away from that, because he just, I don't know, he just is strange, and but it's funny, you hear all the people from who played under him at Norwich when you talk about, they're always on other podcasts talking about it, and he just sounds like a totally different bloke then. And I appreciate that was 10 years ago, but it's just like just so sharp around the dressing room and finding players, but sort of catch them out. And he had, he just had everyone on their toes, but he's, he had just hasn't got that here at all. And I'm not saying, I know it's the sort of phrase of he's lost the dressing room, but the players, the players aren't playing for him, are they? Um, just, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm, try, I'm trying to find the positives. I really am, but, I'm Rich, not disagreeing with any. Rich, there, there, there aren't are. any positives. No, no. We are the shittest team in League One. Over Statistically, nine games. yeah, you tweeted out, Joe. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to lift things. I've got a, one question to end on that we'll all be happy about. Um, but Tim Pashley rightly asks: um, Is ITFC a graveyard for managers under Marcus Evans? Apart from Mick Keane's ended up being a coach, as near now a pundit. Um, but Jules' career. He's ended up having kind of honorary jobs and being given director of football ships or what have you and helping out here and there. But no one else has really gone on and done anything, have they, after us? What's the reason for that? The structure is is set up to fail, isn't it? The the job is too big for one manager to to handle. Uh, He's not getting any assistance from anybody else within the club. It all rests on it. And, you know, McCarthy took it on and he had the big enough shoulders to, to do it and to act as that shield to uh, to Evans as well. But I just think that if as the structure stays as it is, anyone anyone's going to fail. Yeah. It doesn't matter who you get in. Yeah. But something to be but, said about... But, the but man- what is failing, though? Because I, because I don't think... I'm not saying someone's going to take us to the Premier League because we're a million, million miles away from that. But I think you could have any competent manager who could get that this team sort of fighting for promotion in this league. And... Would that be success or would that be failure? I'd, I'd say getting promoted out of this league would be a success and, and I just can't see that many managers would have struggled to get this squad out of this league this year. Yeah, well the stats are starting to stack up, aren't they? Um, we're not going to debate about when or if Lambert's going to be going but it's relegation form as you say, Joe. Um, I just wanted to end on this one from Crabwalk. Which music-related third kit should we have next season? That two-tone one is absolutely mint from Coventry. Um, two-tone is... Um, is a music scene that um, grew out of Coventry um, back in the 80s. Before Dave's a big fan of it. We know it's kind of ska with a bit of punk, with a bit of reggae, um, but also celebrated the diversity of the uh, in the country when um, uh, there were racial tensions in the 80s, I think. It were, um, ska bands and two-tone bands were generally um, bands of all kind of ethnicities, um, and that grew out of Coventry. So the kit is kind of celebrating 40 years of that kind of movement, as well as the kind of racial diversity that it inspired as well. Really lovely kit. So I, I, I bought that just as a thing. I've, it's the only other kit I've got, apart from Ipswich kits. That I, thought, I thought it was really, really neat. It looked really good yesterday, although I'm sure they probably could have worn their usual sky blue if they wanted to. But guys, any Ipswich, Suffolk-inspired kits that you can think of? Anything... Is it got to be ginger? I think someone said it's got to be ginger for Ed Sheeran, isn't it? An orange away kit. We love an orange away kit. Well, Ed, Ed Sheeran is the music, the Suffolk, the one who's synonymous with the county, isn't he, at the moment? I'm sure there's people in previous generations. Brian Eno, he's local, isn't he? And yeah. 
Benjamin Brit- Benjamin Britain. We could have like yeah, I think uh, you're going to say Benjamin got, Bloom then for a second. Got, <laughs> <laughs> Benjamin Britain scallop. Yeah, he's got a scallop shell, isn't he, on the beach? We could have like uh, mermaid scallops covering our breasticles. <laughs> Some of our players play like they've got a mermaid's tail at times. <laughs> yeah. You can't can't nutmeg can't nutmeg a mermaid. That's true. Um, I'm trying to think of anything. I should have. I'd have been more thinking about this. That's, tweet someone, us. Someone mentioned. Someone. Someone mentioned Cradle of Filth, didn't they? So that's. That, oh, that was Chris. Daryl mentioned. Um. I'm. Tr- um. Who's. Who's this guy? I'm trying to remember Nick who this guy Herschel, is. Nick Herschel. That was it. Wouldn't it be nice or whatever? Wouldn't it be good? It'd be good. Yeah. We could rename Portman Road. Can we naming Cradle of Filth? <laughs> yeah. Chris. Sponsorship opportunity. The Cradle of Filth. Welcome, the opposition. Thank you, everyone, for your questions. If you've got any suggestions on music, Suffolk-related music kits, um, do tweet them in at Blue Monday ITFC. And thank you for it. There's a lot of questions there of, of kind of delving into issues that I think we've all dealt with. And if I set up Joe for a few more rants, we'll be here all night. And none of us want that, especially Joe. Um, he wants to go to bed, I'm sure. Um Let's um let's do the roundup very quickly because I think this becomes less and less relevant as each week goes by. Some interesting results um around the top teams. Blackpool, who had been on a pretty crap run and then beat us. Um Fleetwood could only get a draw there in what I guess is the what would you call that area of the country like North Lancashire the, the Derby or whatever? Coast, it is. Is it? Filed Derby, nil nil there. Um MK Dons nil Doncaster one, which is why we are now tenth. Peterborough 2, Portsmouth 0. So again, repeated fixtures of teams around the top six playing each other. This is the big one, though, and this gives Coventry a five-point lead at the top. Rochdale 3, Rotherham 1. Are Rotherham starting to stutter a little bit? Three, Two draws and a defeat in their last three, so everyone's getting a little bit anxious and nervous. Oxford, though, on a great run of form. Oxford, um, three two winners at Shrewsbury. That's five wins and a bounce for Oxford. First time they've done that in a while. I remember something on Twitter. But what about this, guys? How about this setting us up nicely before next weekend? Southend three, Bristol Rovers one, and along come Ipswich, Sunderland two, Gillingham form team in the one of the form teams in the division two, and that puts as we said Gillingham one point behind tenth place Ipswich but Ipswich obviously having played more games than anyone else in the league um, let's move on to Bristol Rovers because I want to talk to you there's a couple of bits and pieces of Bristol Rovers some stats for you because we've loved we love stats um, after Bristol Rovers beat us 2-1 in mid-December Graham Coughlin their manager at the time left to go and take the job in Mansfield which was nearer to home and subsequently to that they beat um, Port, uh, Plymouth in a cup replay but have had a shocking run of form ever since. In the 15 league games that have passed since then, one win, five draws, nine defeats, Ipswich-esque form, guys. Um, Graham Cotlin's replacement, Ben Garner, has a 26% win ratio, Paul Lambert-esque. Um, he used to work with Tony Pulis at Palace of West Brom for your information there. Um, but um, Bristol Rovers is now 15th. Um, having been fourth, I think, when they beat us in December. What a perfect time to play someone, Craig, eh? Um, how do you see this one turning out for us? Oh, it's going to be a clash of two informed <laughs> teams, isn't it? Flowing, like, attacking football, eh? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. we can't score, they can't score. I think, yeah, obviously we're below, we're bottom in the nine-game form table. I think they're actually below us in, well, same amount of points in the six-game form table. So, yeah, it's going to be a... A poor match or an absolute bloody lunatic match where it's about 
or Six three or, or something. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Joe, are you excited by the prospects of um, Bristol Rovers Ipswich next week? Possible? No. Is it hashtag winnable? Yeah, it's probably. Pro- could be one of those games where we just go and turn them over two or three nil, isn't it? So like Downs and Jackson Agriton return and Burton, and everyone thinks, "Oh yeah, actually things aren't that bad." And then they playoffs. But yeah, sorry, Downs and Jackson return from suspension is might help us. Yes, yeah. well that will help us because they're two of our better players. Yeah. Um, so, um, Craig, you're heading down to that one. I'm heading down to that one as well, um, and um, some. Um, special like end of the pod exclusive info if you're heading down to bristol rovers and you want to meet up with us the southwest guys are hosting a little pre-match meetup at the golden hill sports ground social club it's a fiver to get in and it's on between 11 and 2 o'clock i think they've got that booked um it's about a 15 minute walk to the ground is parking nearby um, but we're going to do a little mini pod um, we're going to kind of do a recap of the week and we're going to do a bit of a preview then we've got a little bit of a game um, so if you want to meet up with us and the, the lovely guys at Southwest Branch, one of the most active supporters branches, um, all of the Ipswich Town supporters branches, John Banger and the guys down there doing a cracking job, then come and say hello. I think the details you can probably find them if you tweet John or the Southwest guys. Um, um, there's only limited capacity, so we're not going too big on it. Um, so get there early. Um, but it would be great to meet up with people, Craig. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, looking forward to it. Um, I haven't been to Bristol Rovers yet. I've been to Bristol City a couple of times. Um but yeah, no, looking forward to it, getting down there early on Saturday. Yep, good stuff. That's it, gentlemen. Um, I feel like we've covered a lot of ground. An hour and ten minutes, go off, chunky. So we've given that ten minute back that I was talking about before. Um, Joe, where can we find you on Twitter and any exciting academy happen- happenings this week? Um, at Joe Fairs and no. academy-wise, there's not a huge amount going on this time of the year. The under-18s actually lost in the Suffolk They lost to Henley or something. To Henley Athletic, which is a a really sort of low-level team. But they seem a good club of a good setup there. But the issue you have is anyone who's played in the Senior Cup is cup-tied for the Junior Cup. And a lot of players were out on loan, so it was sort of a lot of schoolboys in the team as well. So it was really a sort of an under-17s team. Right. But any information on what's going on in the academy? At ITFC underscore academy, yeah? Yeah, yeah that's it. Um, Craig, where can we find you? Uh, at FIMS75 excellent stuff and we'll, as I say we'll see you in Bristol next week you yep. find me at Ipswich you can find the channel at Blue Monday ITFC or on Instagram Blue Monday pod team always some good photos there um, from our um, visits to grounds around the country including the Bristol Rover stuff next week and also YouTube update your subscriptions um, if you go looking for Blue Monday podcast um, you'll find us there and um, subscribe for all this kind of joy and content and at some point, we're going to have to talk about 99-2000 because it's the anniversary of that. It kind of feels a little bit incongruous with the state of things on the field. But that is it, gentlemen. Who wants the last words? I don't know what to say apart from hang in there and it might get better, but I don't know. I... Lambert out. out. <laughs> It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants.
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.